BDFM. Welcome to BDFM. I'm D. I am B. I'm a scientist, comedian, uh, writer, and lover, all out of work. <laughs> no work in any of the things I'm best at. Mm. I guess I have some sex work, but not. it doesn't pay well. I'm B. I am a writer, a parent. I'm a, I'm a worker. I'm a cog in the machine. If you got to be a tool of some man, Burger Man's not a bad one to be. It's true. I mean, there are some that out there that are bad, probably. But yeah, I mean, you don't want to work for one headed by a clown or royalty, <laughs> or or a shape. A shape. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, no, no. I I thought Jack in the Box was the clown. I didn't remember that Ronald oh. McDonald is a. There's two clowns, I guess. Jack in the Box. Well, he's a Jack in the Box. Is he a clown? More he's of a, a jester, jack. like a court jester. <laughs> yeah, but he's which, got clown. Which, which is a clown and royalty. So wow, there you <gasps> go. That's the synergy. That's okay. We're really breaking it open, and that's what we do on this show: the symbols, the semiotics of pop culture. And who is Carl? And and what is his junior anyway? Because <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not Carl Jr. It's so Carl let's just get that right out of there. Yes, Jr. Mm-hmm. So it's a junior that's owned by Carl. Yes. <laughs> so is Carl Carl's Jr. Jr. also Carl without the apostrophe? Carl Jr.? I think so. I think the whole restaurant is Carl Sr.'s Jr. Are they royalty or clowns? <laughs> or both? Carl, Carl if you're listening, let us know whether you are part of the monarchy or whether you have improv clown training all right so we're here to watch episodes of television and then discuss things chew gum and we're all out of gum (laughs) we're gonna watch tv i am all out of gum i I don't have any gum to my name at the moment we really don't don't have any gum i don't tend to buy gum we have a little weed and two white claws (laughs) that's about it no gum um (laughs) Yeah, so we came to watch TV, and, and that's it. I'm, I guess I'm going first this week because... Um, yeah, I went first I last week. we agree that you went first last week. And so, I think you know what I'm going to say, but I've been wanting to pull out this show for months and months now. One of my favorites, the classic news radio with the stacked cast consisting of Phil Hartman, Andy Dick, criminal criminal mastermind Andy Dick, <laughs> oh, uh, boy. anti-vax lunatic Joe Rogan, beautiful Condi Alexander, hilarious Vicky Lewis, right? Oh. Dave Foley, kid in Hall, mm-hmm. and James, uh, Jimmy James, who is Stephen Root. What a great cast. Amazing. Amazing. There's an episode I remember that had... John Lovitz, and he did several episodes, so I don't know if this was his first, but I always think back to it. There's this bit about smoking cigarettes, and I think Phil Hartman's character, Bill McNeil, goes to a a mental hospital or asylum, they might call it, for some reason, and meets John Lovitz there. Who knows if it holds up, if it's uh, offensive to the neurodivergent community. I'm sure anyone who listens to this is part of the neurodivergent community, because how else (laughs) could you listen to a couple of neurodivergent nuts watch TV? 
True. Yeah. So I'm going to bring up, oh, it's actually called our 50th episode. So I assume mm. it's the 50th one. Season three, episode 20. Oh, very nice. And it's streaming on Amazon Prime. Very cool. I am bringing also a season three episode. Season three, episode 13 of Parks and Recreation. Uh, the well-seasoned this season. Some may yeah. say the best season of some shows. Season three, yes. Season three of most shows is is strong. You know, it's when uh, Simpsons really caught its stride. Mm-hmm. Although I would say three to ten are the best, but uh, three was when it really hit. Mm-hmm. Season three of Buffy, generally considered mm-hmm. the best. Season three of Futurama was amazing. I think even like The Office kind of caught its stride around season three. Sure, season three is probably the best season of The Office. Yeah. Season three of Friends. I was done watching Friends. But (laughs) But it's probably strong. (laughs) It's probably good. If we were to look back on any, yes. I think Seinfeld had a good season I think most shows, you can skip season one, start on season two, episode one, Mm. get right into it. Even though It's Always Sunny is my favorite show ever and I recommend watching all of it, it, it's true that the first season you can kind of skip. There's no... Frank, there's no uh, oh, Danny yeah, DeVito, and no it's, they're just kind of getting their footing, and they're just sort of setting the tone. Still good episodes, but yeah, you're right. You can start a season two or three. Yeah. Well, our shows that we've chosen today are both NBC sitcoms. Is that correct? Yeah. News Radio was on NBC, but in the '90s. I think so. And Parks and Rec was a was an NBC darling. Of uh, did they still in call the it aughts? Must See TV then? In the late aughts. In the yeah, well, and yeah, in this episode we're gonna watch it was aired in 2011. Did you say w- it was season three, episode what? Uh, episode thirteen, three thirteen. And what's it called? It is called the fight. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's an episode where Amy Poehler and Rashida Jones get into a fight. Aw. <laughs> Among other things. But they're so cute. I know. I'm sure they make up. I think they do, and there are, there's a lot of great cameos. A lot of great guest stars in this episode. I'm sure we'll see some Aziz. I'm sure we'll see some Offerman. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll see some Plaza. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, maybe some, if we're lucky, some Ben um, Schwartz. Yes, he's in this one. And awesome. who would have known, speaking of just Aubrey Plaza and Nick Offerman, I mean, it'll be great going back to revisit these lighthearted comedies that they were doing now that they are both, you know, HBO drama, superstars you know, of drama, yeah, future Emmy winning superstar dramatic actors at this they point. They both this within the last year, Nick on um, The Last of Us and Aubrey on White Lotus mm-hmm. have definitely Emmy worthy performances. Yeah. yeah, no one could have could have guessed. I mean, I no guess one could have guessed where Chris Pratt was going to go after this. And Pratt, really? and Pratt turned into Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Literally. Wait, Aziz did a semi-serious uh, comedy, which was... Uh, mm-hmm. Master of None? Masters of None. Master of None, yes. Yeah. That's a great one to revisit, too, which did win enemies. Maybe he already won an Emmy. And we're, we're <laughs> like, I was saying that like it was a joke, like Aziz would ever win an Emmy. I know, right? I think it may have been Lena Waithe who won that Emmy. That, <laughs> so we'll yeah, that again. and um, Alan Yang is... Um, the creator of that show. Oh, it isn't isn't he involved in Parks and Rec? Yes. Okay. That's how that came about. We're coming full circle. Uh, it's a little baby of Parks and Rec. It he was a writer on Parks and Rec and then he created 
master of none with a Z. I see. Okay. Okay. All right. This is interesting stuff. I'm ready. We're going to take a break. We're going to go both watch both of those things. Where, where can people watch Parks and Rec? Hulu? Parks and Rec is uh, streaming on Peacock. Oh, right. Parks and Rec available on Peacock as a NBC Peacock, show. baby. News Radio is on Amazon Prime. So we're going to go watch those two episodes. And then uh, we'll put up the watch along if you would like to become a Patreon or a subscriber on Garage TV. That's mm-hmm. Garage TV is our network. It's G-R-A-G-E dot TV is the website. If you become a subscriber, you can listen to the slash watch the watch alongs. And if not, you can just not do anything and we'll be right back. See you soon. Keep doing nothing. Don't do anything. BDFM is brought to you by Red Claw Hard Seltzer. You tired of drinking hard seltzer that is not filled with blood? Get out of here with your pussy drinks. Red, Red Claw, Claw, motherfucker. What are you drinking? Some some hard seltzer with alcohol in it? Well, this one has ground up claws, pieces of beak, and whole feathers. Red claw. Red and claw and tooth like nature. And it's very likely to cause death. Red claw and me dying slowly. Red claw. And we're back, BDFM. We, we have been watching TV. Some TV. TV. How do you say it? TV. 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 We watched News Radio, S3E20. We watched Parks and Rec. S3E13. Sometimes we choose our episodes based on a theme or something we've been thinking about this week. Or at other times, we just remember episodes we have seen and say, God, yeah, I gotta watch really. that again. I don't know if this is very relevant to my life, but I remember this episode very well and um, the news radio. And I think of the cigarette bit that John Lovitz and Phil Hartman do all the time. And I guess, you know, we could talk about my struggles with nicotine, but um, the bit is so funny. And this show in general, I did. I forgot about the Joe Rogan stuff where he's Mm, doing mm -hmm. the douchey radio guy. Yeah, this episode features... Joe Rogan, like, as a bit, I mean, the whole joke is that he's taking over as a radio host when the radio and host is out. And like he's as argumentative and sort of <laughs> He's very fake newsy. He's just outright lying. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> There's a lot of, I keep saying the word douche, but like um, sort of smarmy male behavior in both these episodes. Mm-hmm. Just sort of like this capitalistic sort of yeah not for nothing there was a smarmy radio host on the parks and rec episode we watched who calls himself the douche the douche uh, played by nick kroll nick kroll and then you have john ralphio uh, ben schwartz and of course uh aziz's character is sort of a douche so yeah yeah there is a lot of smarminess there okay let me give a under five minute summary of the news radio we just saw. Okay. So, Bill McNeil, who's the radio station's sort of uh, 
Bill O'Reilly, right wing. I don't know if he's super right wing, but just sort of like conservative commentator radio guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it starts out with an, a dialogue list scene where we see him park his sports car in front of a fire hydrant and run in to get a coffee. And then a cop writes him a ticket and he gets in a yelling fight with the cop and more cops show up and he gets arrested. Anyway, then we find out that Bill has and been. He's all, kid- this is all then there's mime. This is all done, this is in, all mime. done in mime. We're not hearing any of the fight, but he's he's miming this argument. And there's this great physical comedy of him getting arrested. And running, he gets handcuffed and then runs away. <laughs> he tries to run away, zigzags. Uh, Dave Foley and Condi Alexander, who kind of run the station, are having this conversation. And she says that Bill was committed by the police. I don't know if this is a thing, but because he was uncooperative, he was arrested and then he was uncooperative at the station. They committed him to a psychiatric hospital. Yeah, it's not the most realistic in a lot of ways. Not least of which is why are his coworkers being given any of this sensitive medical information? The fact that <laughs> they're they there interacting with the doctor makes no sense at all. He he's committed. Uh, he meets John Lovitz there, who uh, originally poses as a doctor but ends up being a patient. <laughs> they kind of become friends uh, as it goes along. Bill sort of likes being at the hospital because he doesn't have to make any decisions. Every, his schedule is made for him. He doesn't have to do anything. It's sort of like he's taking a holiday uh-huh. and Foley tells him, you can't vacation at a psychiatric <laughs> hospital. It's not done. Meanwhile, Mara Tierney, um, mm-hmm. Lisa, uh, who wants to be a serious radio news host, right, is taking over for Bill, but then... Stephen Root, uh, Jimmy James, the mm-hmm. owner of the company, says, okay, you can do that, but you have to take Joe Rogan as your sidekick. <laughs> yes. So they get in the booth, and she starts telling the news, and he st- just starts being obnoxious and uh, contradicting everything she says, mm-hmm. and he's lying. He's like, you're not even reading the news. You're holding a cup of coffee. And um, Yeah, and she has no, no comeback because uh, this was not how political discourse worked at the time now yeah, it does I mean, so she seems a little it's very forward thinking i mean we had limbo at the time but true yeah and bill very o'reilly true. but yeah this generally wasn't done on news radio <laughs> um okay so we go back to um i guess we go back and forth from the asylum to the station mm-hmm. and eventually Bill McNeil has a radio in the asylum and he hears how bad right. Joe Rogan and Mara Tierney are doing. And uh, because Jimmy James, the boss, has Joe propose marriage to her. And <laughs> right. Even though they're both, you know, it's very funny scene where he proposes to her on the air for ratings. <laughs> she walks out. Um, Bill decides he has to leave the asylum. Um and uh, that's about it. And then there's sort of a touching scene where he says goodbye to his friend, John Lovitz, who is an air traffic controller and says yeah. he's going to go back to work himself soon. And <laughs> the thing I remember about this episode most is the cigarette bit, which I'll explain. The first time he meets John Lovitz, they're in the asylum and Lovitz pulls out a cigarette from his pocket 
and he says, cigarette? And Bill says, sure, I'd love one. And he says, I wasn't offering you a cigarette. Then why did you say cigarette? I was talking to the cigarette. Cigarette, prepare to be smoked. <laughs> Just such a great bit. And they brought it back three, two more times for a total of three. Uh, the last one is when Bill is leaving and uh, Lovitz is still locked up in the asylum and they're speaking through a screen. Um, Lovitz hands him a cigarette through the screen and as Bill is walking away, Lovitz says, goodbye, old friend. And Hartman's like, goodbye. And he goes, <laughs> again, I was talking to the cigarette. <laughs> Classic Lovitz. Absolutely classic. Yes. He always is showing up as a as a nutty guy. We may have a running gag where we you know, where we try to seek out every John Lovett's guest star appearance on every sitcom because we we've done him on oh, Friends. We've done Friends, yeah. Uh, we haven't done where the he critic showed up yet. And smoked a joint. I want to do the critic. We have for... not done the critic yet. Yes. I'm, There's I'm talk of a live that. action critic comeback. So if you're in the future, maybe you know more Wild. about this. But it sounds good to me. I love the critic. I, I don't know why Lovitz doesn't work anymore. <laughs> but he <laughs> I was mean, funny. He's funny. He was great on SNL. Great episode. Phil Hartman, one of the best comedic actors. Kind of subdued in this role. Usually he's very pompous. But in this one, he was sort of abashed a little bit. Yeah, it's all about him coming a, off of his sort of high horse and being kind of humbled. And humbled, yeah. Sort of getting in touch with this kind of other side of himself and andy dick who was really funny in this show he he only appears this up ep in this episode once uh and he doesn't say anything but it's when jimmy james is doing this bit where he's he's putting yeah. squeeze cheese what is it called uh, easy cheese uh -huh. on crackers and he's handing them to lisa and lisa doesn't want them so when he's not looking she's flinging them over her <laughs> shoulder when the conversation's over Andy Dick just walks up and all of the crackers are stuck to his face and glasses. And he just walks up and pours himself a cup of coffee and then peels one of the crackers off his glasses and eats it and walks away. It's a great bit. Very funny. And, There's a lot um, of physical comedy in this show. I did a little research and uh, Andy Dick is out of jail. Currently. But he was recently in jail. Oh, really? And has been many times over the past decade. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about Parks and Rec. The Parks and Rec episode we watched, uh, season three, episode 13, The Fight. It's called The Fight because it's the one where Leslie and Anne get into a fight over the perennial problem of Leslie steamrolling her friends and trying to control their lives. When she finds out that there's an opening in the health department because the previous guy in the job has hung a bunch of posters calling his ex-wife a whore. <laughs> Yeah, the PR, the, the PR manager of the Pawnee Health Department, I guess. Yeah. So Leslie thinks this job will be perfect for Anne. She goes ahead and sets up an interview without even asking her. Anne is a little bit uncomfortable with this. And there are a few other interpersonal things that are going on in the episode. And they all come to a climax at the launch of Aziz's new liquor called Snake Juice, which he he describes it as just being like Kahlua mixed with a bunch of others. Kahlua and some <laughs> sugar and some other stuff. It's and there's like caffeine a deathly in it. sweet. Yeah, with caffeine. It's this horribly sweet liqueur. I don't know if this is the first time that he's um, doing a crazy entrepreneurial thing with John Ralphio, his 
his friend. I think they've had a couple schemes before, but this, this is, is really... This is one of their best schemes. Definitely. Uh, uh, yeah, they want everyone to come along to the club and to promote the drink. So uh, everyone from work does end up showing up, including Ron Swanson, who doesn't think he's going to like it, but takes a sip and loves it. Everyone quickly gets trashed way beyond reason. And meanwhile, Leslie and Anne finally start actually talking about how they're resentful of each other and they have a real fight. Everybody and gets wasted except Retta. Yeah, because she's on a juice cleanse. She's on a cleanse and she, seems and, she drives and them And also all home. Rob Lowe, of course, doesn't oh, drink right. any of the snake juice because he wouldn't. Yeah. It's literally um. toxic. <laughs> By the way, speaking of podcasts, he has a podcast called Literally, which is yes, that's true. obviously a reference to his catchphrase on Parks and Rec. <laughs> So this episode, actually, it's all about interpersonal fighting at work because it starts Mm -hmm. with Ron Swanson grilling everyone about who broke the coffee machine. And then he admits in a confessional close up to the camera that he broke the machine, but he's just trying to rile up everyone like a la Lord of the Flies. Yes, (laughs) Because people have been getting too chummy at work. So that's how it starts. And it sort of just rolls downhill where everybody's sort of getting more and more Mad at each other slash wasted yeah. on snake juice. And meanwhile, uh, Amy Poehler and Adam Scott are having this. Will they or won't they're they? They're having a will they or won't they situation, where, um, which is dealt with very well later on when they do get together and stay together and work together as a team on the show. They're, they end up being one of the great TV couples um, because they're a functional couple. They work yeah. really well as a relationship, which is not necessarily always that funny. They're both really good <laughs> actors, and I, I had some sort of a problem with them getting together. I think it's because Ben is so handsome, and she's kind of... Oh, wait, you're saying, you mean frumpy. he's out of her... He's out of her league. Wow. Yes. Not the Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler is amazing, but then... The character is... Liz Lemon. No, she's, she's... Yeah. <laughs> Leslie Nope Leslie is... Nope. Uh, she's very chipper. She's optimistic, but she's also she's very severe in a lot of ways. And yeah, she would be a difficult person to date. She is a steamroller... She is very extroverted. She's way too intense. She is intense. Yes. Her character is a little problematic, but, you know, it's good hearted. This was the start of, you know, the Ted Lasso thing. The like Uh the the good hearted hero, because a lot of. Yes. A lot of shows were going to assholes, you know, like The Office is about assholes and Seinfeld is about assholes and It's Always Sunny is about assholes. So. I think this show is like, yeah. oh, w- this is going to be about mostly nice people. And it still worked. It was really funny. And there is a trend towards that in TV now, maybe. More like, we kind of want to see people getting along and not just misunderstandings and not just arguments. Yeah, when is that going to be like over? Funny things Jesus Christ. <laughs> Heard of all this niceness on TV. <laughs> I want to mention that th- this was I don't know if this episode but one of the writers on the show uh, was the late Harris Whittles another writer was Alan Yang uh, not late as of this recording um, who went on to do Master of None mm-hmm. and um, who has a podcast about Parks and Rec who else? with uh, Rob Lowe Katie Dippold I think was a writer who went on to write The Heat with Sandra Bullock oh in Ghostbusters and the female Ghostbusters <laughs> man she got you know, she got put through the ringer for yes. writing female Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, and people not liking it. Mostly boys. Little boys. <laughs> a lot of really, I don't want to, not everybody's problematic, but a lot of characters, in, in, I mean, the 
actual actors that we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. You got Rob Lowe, who's had, you know, some problems in this past. Mm-hmm. In fact, we didn't we watch a Simpsons recently where they said yes, Troy we, McClure yes. referenced Rob Lowe and said those sick Rob freaks. Rob Lowe and Hugh Grant, and Hugh Grant as Grant. Sick, said, freaks. sick Freaks. The joke being that he himself, we are, find out, is a fish fucker. And so the idea that he's disgusted by men who are just paying human women for sex, <laughs> you know. So Andy Dick, as I said, just got out of jail. He he went to jail for three months, I think, for assaulting a uh, an Uber driver. Sexually assaulting an Uber driver, so now he's a sex offender. Um, sure. And he just got arrested, I read, uh, a month ago, in the end of January, like two months ago, for drunken in public or something. Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I don't think it's too much to say. Has a problem. If you don't live where we live, the, you know, these, these people are celebrities. They're TV stars. But in a very real way, Andy Dick is our town drunk. Like yeah, right. He's, our, he's like the Barney. He is our yes, like v- Los like, Angeles. It's very in real, real life. that if you if you go to bars in Los Angeles, like you will have seen Andy Dick at some point. I've definitely seen him at bars. I don't have any stories about him hitting on me, but a lot of people do. I remember he was wearing an ankle monitor for a while. He's constantly getting arrested and and getting released yeah. and on probation, and he re- he really does have issues, but. He's yeah. also kind of you know, like... We've been, then there's been times we've, we've known that he's he's sobered up for a few years here and there, or he's, you know... He's claimed it. Yeah. There's also a story about John Lovitz hating Andy Dick because he blamed Andy for getting Phil Hartman's wife off the wagon. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, Phil Hartman's wife had issues with, I think, cocaine and... Uh, yeah, and spo- alcohol, supposedly he pills. brought cocaine to a specific party and was like, "Here, and have he, some." He, she was like, "I haven't had any in years." Got her and he's on like, it again. "We'll do it." And that snowballed and led to her getting blackout, wasted, and shooting Phil Hartman in yeah. his sleep. Yeah, and then herself. Did Andy Dick w- do that? We don't know, but it sounds like something he might have done. And Lovitz definitely won't talk about it, but definitely uh, there's something there. Yeah. Joe Rogan, I mean, Joe of Rogan, course, of course uh, a problematic figure, wow. which we can get into. Aziz yeah, said, had some problems. A... Yes. Had some definitely. bad dating stories come out. He didn't really assault anyone or anything. Mara Tierney uh, <laughs> shot up a school. It's it's funny how many characters had problems. I know, yes. That, that were attached to these shows. That's true. Also, Harris Whittles, you know, famously... Um, mm-hmm. A heroin addict, really nice guy, and um, just had problems with H, mm-hmm. as we called it together. <laughs> Old lady horse. That's what me and Harris used to say. Oh, my God. Um, Back in the bad old days. I didn't know. I didn't know him that well. I just knew him from UCB and didn't know that he was friends with The old Boge. <laughs> what? The, the Bojack? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we call horse. Yeah, so... Most notably from this, I didn't remember that this was sort of the start of the Joe Rogan podcast. Really interesting the way, I mean, his character was funny. I really, I, I remember liking him in this show. He plays the tech guy who, you know, I am in my life. <laughs> I, I tech it for podcasts that I tech for stages and studios and places. So I'm kind of the Joe Rogan, the engineer <laughs> of uh, entertainment places. 
which means we need to keep an eye on you in the next 20 years. Yeah. You might drift well, right. I might uh, make $3 million <laughs> from Spotify. Yep. Uh, that would be a deal God, with the that devil. That would be terrible. Yeah. A deal with the devil, yeah. No. There's this thing about Hannity. Um, no, who's the other guy? Not Hannity. Tucker. Tucker Carlson. Mm-hmm. Didn't used to be so right wing, but he wasn't. He didn't have an audience, and he even used to say um, how embarrassing it would be to have to like make up stuff that you don't really believe just for money. And now that's exactly what he does. Yeah. Like his text came out, and it's clear that he doesn't believe the things he says, but he just uh, says them mm-hmm. because it makes money. And I wonder if if Joe's a little like that. I don't oh, hate Joe Rogan, but he definitely. He has uh, that syndrome where you think you know more than you know. Sure. <laughs> there's sort of a thing. There's a, there's a radio style. I was first aware of it. Uh, there was a guy named Art Bell. Remember Art Bell? Sure. Anyone could call up and say some weird conspiracy. And he would he would always say, I believe everything might be true. Mm. And he would say, we can't rule out anything. So... It was kind of cool. People, would, it, they would talk about aliens a lot and yeah. talk about like ancient cultures and whatever, like these kind of weird conspiracies. He wasn't really doing the the deep state uh, LGBT progressives are from Mexico or infiltrating our government and taking it down <laughs> from the inside, which they've all sort of gone to in the meantime. Or the Joe Rogan thing where he's like, you know, I'm just asking questions. I just... Uh, you know, maybe the vaccine is <laughs> has microchips in it. Let's talk about it, which I respect to a point, but he doesn't ever have yeah. the other side on. <laughs> like he's had hundreds of people come on and, and talk shit about the vaccine, but he's never had like, as far as I know, yeah, real experts come in and he's be had, like, he's had Jordan actually, Peterson vaccines on. Are, are real medicine that has saved millions of people's lives. Yeah. Jordan Peterson. Yeah, he's had someone like Jordan Peterson on, but he wouldn't have, I don't know, Sarah Hardy, who is an evolutionary <laughs> anthropologist. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, uh, he's not going to have experts These... on. It's mostly people who like to talk about things as if they were experts. So right. why am I not on that podcast <laughs> is my question. Yeah, I this is be. our audition. <laughs> um, These people, they definitely... Like Jordan Peterson kind of hates women. He's very misogynistic and mm-hmm. has weird ideas about masculinity and yes. food. I mean, speaking of Ron Swanson, Ron, <laughs> and I, I've met Nick Offerman, and he's not he's not Ron Swanson. People want him to be, but he's yeah. not a libertarian. He's a progressive in real life. Yeah, people kind of worship this sort of manliness of Ron Swanson. And and mm-hmm. I mean, people like Jordan Peterson are little pussy incel boys, but they <laughs> kind of, they want to be like, they call themselves alpha. Ugh, and they yes. kind of want to be like Ron Swanson survivalist sort of types. Yeah. Which is funny. That no one who has ever called themselves an alpha has shown any signs of leadership. <laughs> that I've ever seen. Like it, oh, it well, seems like to be, to truly be, an alpha person. Even though that term, even is though it makes no, yeah, it's a misunderstanding. Meaningless. Of even wolves. Even wolves don't have alpha males. No, it, it was just 
fucking they're they have societies they're socialist wolves are socialists not a pack of alphas yeah they have families and societies they're not they don't have fucking fucking platoons <laughs> yeah but like, this is what Bader meinhof no the other theory uh the other uh dunning kruger dunning kruger effect and this might be why podcasts are evil mm. maybe podcasts are ruining the world maybe we're part sure. of it possible possible because it's people who don't know shit talking like yeah. they know shit and I know some shit, and you know some shit, but <laughs> in general, I'd say that we both know more shit than most people's shit, but <laughs> it's still shit. <laughs> <laughs> the idea, the democratization of speech has mm. has sort of doomed us all. No, that's not what I want to say. It's, well, there's it's no, good. There's no such thing as news radio anymore really like everyone's on the radio and everyone's curating their own news and news is all opinion and i'm not saying that i I wouldn't say that there is no news there's i don't think it's all fake sure i'm not going to go down that conspiracy rabbit hole there there are good reporters out there reporting things that happen but also there's just so much noise and opinion and these fox news text chains have Mm -hmm. come out showing that they don't believe this shit not at all they just have an audience who wants to hear something so they're telling them that it's exactly the same thing as e entertainment news or tmz or something that's like sure we're, te- we're telling you stuff it's based on real people but we also source. like yeah tmz actually gets the story even though they're on the scene usually yeah. but like Yes, like like the Inquirer or something, you know, where it's like the Inquirer is a good example. Occasionally, it's based on real and people, and sometimes it's a real story about somebody who was you you know had sex with the president. <laughs> you know, it's like sure. a real thing. Uh, other times, it's, it's fake, but um, but it's like well, who would, you're not supposed to take it seriously. Is is implicated in the Stormy Daniels trial, which hopefully, when you're living in the future, Donald Trump has Trump has trunk. Let's call him Trump. <laughs> has been indicted for hopefully in the future the the national inquirer was killing news so they would do yeah. something called catch and, catch and kill mm-hmm. which they'd go around paying people for stories and not publish them and by buying the story nobody could publish them so right. they're well while fox news is literally doing fake news that they know is fake mm-hmm. the national inquirer is buying real news and okay. killing it so no one can report it so yeah. There's this two-pronged right-wing attack on what on the knowledge that we know, which is lies on one hand and literally buying and suppressing actual yeah. truths. And it all goes back to news radio, <laughs> season three, where they let Joe Rogan get on the air. I mean, you can see the sparkle in his eyes of this. Like, it's like honestly, we will post the scene because I'm sure it's on YouTube as like. Check out this wild scene from News Radio where Joe Rogan was a maybe. Was a, I'm sure someone has like noticed this by now that this, they did this, but he has this just glint in his eye of like, I could do this. <laughs> I could yeah. just sit here and lie and have a, a huge amount of fun. <laughs> and he's charming, and he's yeah. The glint in his eye is like he's being playful because we know yeah. that he's just making shit up, and everyone who's watching knows it. Yeah, and it's playfully fun and it's fun to listen to and probably help the ratings but the the insipid evil that's attached to that is that 
what a lie makes it around the world <laughs> before the truth has even gotten up in the morning. <laughs> I don't know that's you know that, that saying? phrase. How it goes? A lie makes it around the world before the truth has brushed his teeth in the morning. I don't know. That's something that's, that people say. It's about waking up in the morning. I it's think. definitely about it, the morning <laughs> and lies. So lies. It's definitely a theme of people behaving badly. Mm-hmm. And also like being grifters <laughs> in that. I mean, at least the, uh, there's a connection. Joe Rogan in real life. More than just more than spreading misinformation, he also sells fake pills with nothing in them. <laughs> like you know. Oh no, those pills work. <laughs> Have you seen the size of my abs? <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> yeah, all of these guys. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, that other guy who got what the fuck's his name? That other radio guy who oh. has to pay two hundred million dollars to the sandy hook families alex jones also sells yes. quack pills mm-hmm. they all just sell these quack medicine these supplements which i'm sure i don't know there was probably some uh right-wing bill that said that you know like you d- the fda doesn't look into certain supplements <laughs> so you can say basically whatever you want yeah sure all those things that have completoplegenic effects of, you know, smart food, Existence, mushroom, whatever. Yeah. It makes you into a Cronenberg. <laughs> I, I got a, an email for those pills that make your dick bigger. So I immediately, <laughs> of course, deleted the email after buying the pills. <laughs> and I know what you're asking. What's it like to have a huge dick now? Well, let me tell you, I'm just, I just started going into my stand-up routine. <laughs> I was just, I was just watching from the sidelines, applauding. I was going, this is from his album. <laughs> this is from my forthcoming <laughs> album called the Joe Blue Chew R- Rogan Experience. <laughs> That's my <laughs> album name. <laughs> oh my God. What if you did a comedy Come special me, and it was called the Joe Rogan Experience? <laughs> Oh, yeah, you'd get C indeed. Yeah, but think of all the press. It's true. That might work, actually. <laughs> Put a pin that. In would that. be really funny. Yeah, I mean, it's like dumb, dumb Starbucks, right? Yeah, exactly. Except, yeah, I could call it the dumb Joe Rogan experience, <laughs> the podcast. Uh, I was thinking about doing a news show. I'm seriously thinking about putting together a new show called Fux News, <laughs> F-U-X. That's a pretty good name for a new show, right? It's funny. Think I'd get a cease and desist? Well. Roger Ailes. But it would be like the, you'd be like, nobody could, surely nobody could mistake those words for, no, nobody mistakes the word fox for the word fucks. This is, a, they this would is be blasphemous, like, you know. Yes, they do confuse the words and don't call us Shirley. That would be the lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. Two points in the lawsuit. That's the... the name is confusing. And B, stop calling us Shirley. $800 million. Oh, God. So, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I think in the, um, the Parks and Rec episode, the, there's not as much smarmy uh, 
wrongdoing, um, but there is a little bit of snake oil salesmanship in that he's literally selling something called snake juice, Actually, which is though, alcohol that you really shouldn't be drinking. I didn't quite get that because as they portrayed it, mm-hmm. it was good. People liked it. Yeah, it was yeah. strong, but people liked it. They liked the taste. Uh, what do you say? It has a dope aftertaste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds gross. Yeah. Um, but then Retta is like, this stuff is literally basically rat poison. Yeah, but which is like, why she wasn't she... drinking it. And it wasn't literally rat poison. Yeah, it was just, a, just had a high proof. Was she was just, just saying really it was toxic. Yeah. But Ron is supposed to have impeccable taste. And yes. He only drinks, you know, aged whiskey. And he liked it. And he yeah. ended up building Aziz's character a little wooden cask to put his snake juice in. So, and then there's this this side plot where Mm -hmm. Rob Lowe tells Aziz that he has to quit the company. He has to sell his shares of the snake juice company right? because he's working for the parks department. Well, I was thinking this stuff seems to be actually popular and seems to be good. Why doesn't he just quit his yeah, yeah, yeah. Parks and Rec job. Like, why does he need to yeah. sell his shares in this successful business? Yeah. I didn't get that. That's actually very true. Then that's, again, that's like, that shows the constraints um, of the... The writers. Of the sitcom. Yeah, the sitcom structure. Like, because on the one hand, you have them trying to pull this other character in who has not been in the same workplace as any of the other characters. And so they're like... Maybe Anne can work in like the health department and that can be kind of like part <laughs> of the thing. And um, so she does come. She is going to be working in City Hall. They did uh, the same thing with on. Pratt. I think both Anne Perkins uh-huh. and Chris Pratt's character. Yes. Were not meant to be long termers on the show. They were just yeah. supposed to be like a season one plot line. But everybody liked them so much. You know, they basically wrote them into City Hall. They brought Chris Pratt into Shine Shoes and now they're bringing in Anne to do PR. It's a sitcom world. We want to see these characters interact together. So they're writing them together. Although I I think Aziz and John Ralphio could still go off and (laughs) be successful business people and still be on the show. I know. But I don't know. I think they'd inevitably fail. Something would happen. I mean, I think you're right. He could have quit his job, but I think Snake Juice probably wouldn't have passed like eventually... Some inspection would have happened. I'm kind of like John Ralphio. I've I've got all of these side hustles going, and none of them ever <laughs> catch on. I'm sort of like Aziz. And you have the great hair of of John Ralphio. I kind of do. You know. You yeah. Could, you could go head to head with him. Uh, many years ago, my best friend said to me, "Have you seen this show, Parks and Rec? I want you to see it because there's a guy on it that reminds me of you." <laughs> She meant Ben Schwartz as John Ralphio. She said what? she knew him from improv. She knew from him yeah. from seeing him live. And she was like, he's what you're like on stage. You're similar. Because she because she's the only person who could say what I'm like on stage. Because we used to do high school, you know, theater and stuff together. Like, no one is... I, I haven't huh. been on stage doing improv or comedy in my adult life. You know what I mean? Like Maybe once, uh, you know. That's funny. So, yeah. So, I don't know what that you means. But I guess... You don't seem like John Ralphio... I'm, in I am a life. Ben Schwartz style improv comedian, I guess. All right. When I get well, up there. Well, he's one of the best. Which means I, you know, occasionally do a little Carol Burnett kind of breaking the breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, he is very good. He's really funny. Yeah, he is one of the best improvisers in town. 
Uh, him and Zach Woods. Zach Colt Woods Dunn, Heather Ann Campbell, Dave sure. Pasquazzi. Hey, you're this, just, this is, I'm just naming You're just reading that PacCon poster Kikowski. over there. <laughs> yeah, that, I was just naming yeah. my dream team. Yeah. I'm a dream improv team. Well, one of the weird things about, you know, how all of these actors have either, like you were saying, we know of all these scandals from their lives in the intervening years and or they've gone on to be incredible dramatic actors. Sure. Yeah, uh, Some of it is just about the passage of time. And whenever you go yeah. back and watch shows, one of these shows is from the 90s. One of them is from the 10s. And time has passed. And so it's just it's always going to be a trip to go back and watch young Dave Foley and a still alive Phil Hartman interact. Um, oh, sure. When at the time it was, and you know. Dave, I don't know. Dave hasn't gotten in any trouble, but he went through some shit after news radio because mm. his wife divorced him while news radio was on right. TV. And the settlement... <laughs> Their divorce settlement was he has to pay her a million dollars a year in alimony right. because he was making, I don't know, twenty million a year when right. he was on news radio. And then after the show ended, yeah, he was like, "Wait, I I'm not making any money now, and I still have to pay my wife a million dollars a year." So oh, he like boy. ran out of money, yeah, immediately after a few years, and you know, spending a lot of it on. Uh, Oh my goodness! Coke and horse, but um, <laughs> sure, he was in bad. He was in a bad space for a while, and Dave seems like such a cool guy. He has a podcast. It's called "Don't Say the Word Cunt." Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of podcasts, Dave Foley's is, is. I think he has a female co-host. I forgot. No, who it no, is. no, no. What is it really? It's re- what is it really it's called? Don't say the word no. cunt. <laughs> Wait, let me look this up. Am I making it up? I thought that was a full bit. I didn't even know there was a kernel of truth in that. It's don't say with Paul and Dave, but oh, okay. Um, two say. Canadians okay. saving America from the C word, one oh. podcast at a time. So it is. It's called don't. Oh, it's say it's called don't say cunt, and they spell C at sign star T exclamation point. Whoa! It's called don't say cunt. Wow! Or just don't say dot 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 with Paul and Dave. Who's Paul? Paul Greenberg. Uh, the Vacant Lot. Oh, okay. He's from The Vacant Lot. That was a sketch team on Comedy Central. And Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall. Don't huh. Say Cunt. Uh, we are not being paid by Don't Say Cunt. We don't get more money the more I say cunt. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Don't Say Cunt. 50 cents a word. I told you not to say that. Oh, no. Cunt. Sorry. Darn it. Said it again. I said. Now I said it. We're all saying it. Oh no! No. What did we learn today? Don't give Joe Rogan a microphone. He might make terrible shows. If I could go back in time and affect something about these cast members' lives, would I save Phil Hartman or would I take the mic out of Joe Rogan's hand? Or maybe just do an eight ball with and 
Dick. Let's hear it for Eight Balls with Andy Dick. Drinking snake juice with John Ralphio. Snake Balls and Eight Dick. (laughs) 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 That's our motto around here. This has been BDFM. I've been D. And I have been B. And, uh, well, let's do our, um, I, I guess we, we need to do a couple plugs. You can find us at BDFM Pod on um, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, maybe. Linktree. You can Google that. Oh, <laughs> LendingTree.com. Don't go to LendingTree.com <laughs> slash BDFM Pod or they will take your house. They'll, give they'll us, mortgage your whole they'll life. They'll give us your house if you go there. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a loan every time you go to LendingTree.com <laughs> and they take it from you. We're on the Garage TV network and that's at G-R-A-G-E dot TV. You can find our podcast there or just search BDFM on your favorite podcast app. You can join our Patreon, BDFM pod on Patreon or subscribe on Garage TV to see our watch along episodes where we watch the shows. In real time, magically, you hit play at the same time we do, and it's like the past and the future are wormhole. It's like a wormhole. It's like you're melding together our past and your future. Yes. And uh, maybe consider subscribing or click a button of some kind. You could even write us a review if you feel especially kind. Give us all them stars. We crave stars. We're hooked on it. Ever since I saw... The first 3D Mario, the N64 came out, and I saw Mario spinning in 3D up towards that star, and the stars were chubby now. It was amazing. We love stars as much as Andy Dick loves groping strangers. This has been BDFM. I've been D. I have been B. And as always, the FM stands for Ferris Motion. Ferris motion up and down. Ferris motion. It's like the motion of atoms, iron atoms. Oh. Ferris motion. Oh, Ferris, like O-U-S. Mm-hmm. Oh. Of course that's what I meant. I was thinking of a Ferris wheel, but I get <laughs> Not it. Not some plebeian who rides Ferris wheels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the theme song, dang it. I'll have to sing it. Do, 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 do. Good impression. BDFM. It's the best impression of our theme I've ever heard.